This is Mario Andretti, and you are listening to Below the Yellow Line. Understand YouTube channel and the Below the Edeline podcast recapping today's forever 400. And this is a race we will all remember forever, especially Christopher Bell. He only led 26 laps today. He wasn't the dominant car of the day. That was Kyle Larson. But then Larson made a mistake, took himself out of contention. Denny Hamlin had a mechanical issue, took himself out of contention. Martin Truex, after an already kind of tough day, some tough breaks, on strategy, his engine took him out of contention. Today's race was wild, full of comers and goers and guys like Blaney, Byron, Reddick, Bell, Larson, Hamlin, who all at one point I thought were going to win the race. I was saying, okay, if Blaney wins, here's what I'm going to open with. Bell wins, here's what I'm going to open with. Bell eventually gets it done, but it wasn't all peaches and cream for that 20 team today. He got behind the eight ball. He didn't have speed. He was running back in 18th, and I was beginning to wonder if, you know, those eight one hundredths of a second at Vegas were really going to define his season, but he proved that he would not go down without a fight. Christopher Bell last year, you know, he won those two clutch playoff races at the Roval. He won at Martinsville. And if Mr. Gant, uh, not Mr. Gant, if, if Harry Gant rather was Mr. September when he won four in a row in September back in the 80s, Christopher Bell has got to be Mr. October now, right? I mean, last year, the two huge wins at the tail end of October, and this year, uh, another one. I mean, the guy just knows how to win in the clutch, and Sam Mater's win yesterday was clutch. Host of ours was to a lesser extent, but Christopher Bell, I believe, would have been like minus seven or eight points going to Martinsville, which I know he won there last year, but historically, not the best track. For Christopher Bell and I think he I think Larson the two guys lock in will be forces there because Larson won there in the spring Bell won in the fall there last year but it's just it's an extra week to prepare for Bell Larson has two extra weeks to prepare Bell has one and so it's just it's so big to have that and I I would still say advantage Larson right he showed so much speed today um, he won Vegas. He, he's, they had the most time to prepare. I think he's still the best driver in the field, but he made a big mistake today. And if you make mistakes in this juncture of the season, you're not going to win the championship. No, I don't think Larson's going to do that because at Homestead, he will have something to lose today. He didn't have anything to lose. It doesn't matter if he wins, finishes 13th, finishes seventh or finishes 30th. He's going to the championship race, right? So making that mistake, just trying to get everything he could and, in my opinion, it was a bad mistake. We'll talk about that later. But in my opinion, the move that he made to, that that incurred the mistake really uh, didn't even need to be made. Um, but Bell gets the win. Adam Stevens is such an underrated crew chief. I mean, the guy just exudes confidence and swagger. And Christopher Bell should as well, because if you win at this many clutch races, like that's what you're known for now. Like Christopher Bell has my dog barges into the room here. Hi, Mage. Hi, how are you doing? Appreciate it. Love my dog, but goodness. Um, Christopher Bell is just, he knows how to win in the big moments. And we saw that in Xfinity, and now we're seeing it in Cup. You know, last year we said, okay, this was a great year. How can he build off it? You know, how, how can he elevate this? 
And, you know, you could say win a championship, but, you know, that's a one in 40 chance. One guy out of 40 wins the championship every year. And just getting back to the championship four, building those championship four appearances, um, that's what really matters. Obviously, winning the championship is the one goal. You know, that's the one goal every team sets out to do. Um, and nothing close to it, maybe the only thing better is winning the Daytona 500. But winning that championship proves something, but just making the championship four proves so much more. Um, and Chris Bell has made the final four two years in a row. And whether he pushes to three next year or not, I don't think matters. I think he has cemented himself as the next face of Joe Gibbs Racing. Hamlin, Truex, they've had good seasons, right? But now they're both on edge of being eliminated. Um, you look at Ty Gibbs, he's just a rookie, finishes seventh today. He has a very bright future ahead of him, but he's still very young. Bell is the future of this team. Uh, Truex and Hamlin, their outlooks are short-term. Bell is the long-term, not fix, but Bell is the long-term poster child. He's the long-term face of the franchise, in my opinion. Um, if you don't think Christopher Bell's the future of JGR and you think it's just Ty Gibbs, I mean, open your eyes. I mean, Gibbs is going to be really good. He's going to be in contention for wins and championships for, you know, two decades. But um, Bell right now is the guy at Joe Gibbs Racing. He's the guy for Toyota. As good as Reddick is, Bubba had a nice Cinderella run. But Bell is the guy that Toyota needs to attach to. Hamlin, Truex, they could both make the championship for next weekend. And my thoughts would still be the same because they're old. I mean, their, their outlooks are short-term. Truex has been on a year-to-year -year thing for two straight years now. It sounds like Hamlin's going to come back for two or three more years, but then he might be done, or he might go to 23-11. So Bell is the future of JGR, and it's a very bright one. Ryan Blaney, P2, earns 53 points, led 53 laps. With damage from Kyle Larson, um, he just he didn't quite have enough laps. Um, and he couldn't make a dent. Bell just turned up the wick those final five laps after Blaney got around Byron. Reddick, I, I guess he put just enough pressure on Blaney to where Blaney just couldn't completely focus on running Bell down. Um, Blaney had the best car on the long run. He might have been the second best car there. I think Larson was still the best car. Um, he just obviously made a mistake and get a, didn't get a chance to show that when it mattered. Um, but a great uh, day today from Ryan Blaney. And, and I see him making the championship four, which seems I picked Busher. That was a bad pick. That was a bad pick. He's in a must win going to Martinsville, and he's not going to do that. So Blaney plus 10, I believe, heading to Phoenix and or heading to Martinsville. It's a good spot to be in. Good day if you're a 12 fan. Think of the range of emotions you have. If, if you're a fan of his, but especially Blaney himself, solid P6 at Vegas. Oh, okay, we got DQ'd. Must win. Oh, DQ got revoked. Oh. We might win Homestead. Oh, well, we didn't quite win Homestead, but we're on the plus side of the cut line going to Martinsville. That's a plus. Tyler Reddick in third. This, to me, kind of had to be the win, and it wasn't. And I don't feel good about Reddick making the championship four simply because 2311 short track program isn't very good. That's the one big area where they need to improve now that Bubba's better on road courses. It's the short track program. And I know at Richmond, they looked a lot better. Richmond in the summer, they looked a lot better. But Martinsville, Bristol, Richmond before the summer race there, not good for them. Even last year when they had Kurt Busch, who was awesome on short tracks, um, they just it didn't come together. So short tracks is where 2311 needs to have their focus in the offseason. Um, we'll see if Reddick can put together some sort of run. William Byron is plus 33, finishes fourth. Had to have felt, though, after leading 25 laps like a win was out there on the table. But a great day nonetheless. Big picture. Got to look at the big picture. 
AJ Allmendinger P5, he was third in this race a year ago. I don't know how he does it, but that's, I mean, twice in a row now, that 16 car has been like the best underdog in the field at Homestead. Bubba Wallace in sixth. He led the first nine laps after starting second, and then he fell off a cliff. Fell to around 20th, but with some of the attrition and and with making some adjustments, he got back up into the top 10. Ty Gibbs, another great day in seventh. Joey Logano, P8, in a backup car. Eric Amarola, ninth. Austin Dillon, 10th. He barely beats out Kevin Harvick, who finishes 11th in Kevin Harvick's uh, old paint scheme, his 2014 championship scheme. They're just kind of a microcosm of Harvick's season, just so close. Cindric 12th, Ryan Priest, 13th, Eric Jones, 14th, Chase Elliott, 15th. That was a 25th place car. The nine team and the 48 team, Bowman finishing 19th. Those teams have let go of the rope at this point. Their season's just over. I mean, obviously, they're not in contention for the championship, but Elliott can still win the owner's title, right, with the nine car. Has a chance to do that at Martinsville, get into Phoenix, but... Um, those teams are just, they're done. They, they've mailed it in. Clearly, the speed's not there. I know Byron and Larson are competing for a championship, but, I mean, you can't have half your organization running top three and the other half running sub-20th. That's what it was. Uh, that, that was the case for Hendrick for a large part of the day. Daniel Suarez, 16th, had the boss Pitbull up on the box with him today. Chase Briscoe, 17th. Kyle Busch, 18th. Bowman, 19th. Corey LaJoy, 20th, but he ran top 15 most of the day. Another great run for him. Chris Busher, 21st. I know Hamlin had a wreck, but that was a mechanical fear. I know Larson made a mistake, but Busher was easily the most disappointing of all the playoff guys today. I picked him to make the championship four, so did Ken Martin, and we're both going to be wrong, I fear, unless he can pull off a miracle at Martinsville. Michael McDowell, 22nd. Justin Haley, 23rd. Ty Dillon, 24th. Todd Gillen, 25th. Ryan Newman, the Rocket Man, did double duty this weekend, and I thought he said he wasn't going to run any races that weren't short tracks, but I think he's racing Martinsville next weekend, so we get the Rocket Man two weeks in a row. Ricky Stenhouse, 27th. He wrecked early in the race. Brad Kislowski, 28th. He was my win pick, and he led 16 laps, looked good, and then hit the wall once, hit the wall again, and had some pit road issues, and that was all she wrote. Martin Truex, 29th, with an engine issue, and he and James Small were already sparring today, as they do almost every single week. And it's happened all year. I mean, from from the Richmond race in the spring where Truex didn't know they had scuffs on to just last week at, you know, Las Vegas, where James Small made a horrible pit call early in the race. Um, they just they go back and forth so much. And that's not good. That's toxicity in the team. And it's just not good. Um, Truex though, going to Martinsville below the cut line, as is his teammate, Denny Hamlin, who finished his 30th. I saw some people saying Hamlin choked. He, he didn't, I mean, his steering just failed to work. Um, and, and he wrecked, I mean, unfortunate for sure. Um, would have had a solid point today would have been, I believe above the cut line and it all goes away just like that. Ross Chastain, 31st involved in a wreck with Nemechek, who is 32nd and Yaley 33rd. Kyle Larson, 34th. He led 96 laps, in my opinion, was pretty easily the best car here. Had a six-second lead. And on, I think, the last green flag pit stop, right? Yeah, 50 to go around there. Blaney decides to pit. So Larson calls an audible, says, all right, Blaney's pitting. I got to be right behind him. Can't let Ryan Blaney undercut me. And then Kyle Larson, just he wasn't going to make pit road speed. Like, there was no shot. He gets into the back of Blaney, and props to him for not just plowing into the back of Blaney. And he produces the most comedic moment of the year. Maybe not for him. Crashes into the sand barrels. 
sand goes everywhere. And I know we're in Miami, but that's not where the sand's supposed to be. The sand's supposed to be on the beach in the infield, not on the racetrack. So we had a long red flag to clean that up. But Larson just had to get that car rolled up. It's been a checkers or wreckers year. He leads the series with eight DNFs. He also leads the series with 14 top fives, and he has four wins. And it probably should have been five today because I think he was better than Blaney on that last run, would have been better than Blaney on that last run. And, you know, we didn't even get to see him have a shot because he made a mistake. So obviously he sold the championship favor, at least in my opinion. Um, one of the best out there, one of the best to ever do it is Larson. But a mistake like that is just kind of embarrassing. And that's something that's going to be all over social media. It already is it, making the rounds everywhere, um, you know, but just a weird situation. I've never seen somebody hit the sand barrels. Maybe I have, and I just don't remember. I don't know. Josh Balicki, 35th. He spun on pit road. He tried to pit from like the second or third lane, tried to pull a Quinhoff. Uh, don't do that ever, young drivers. Harrison Burton finishes last due to overheating, apparently. Funny moment early in the race with Larson that wasn't the sand barrels. He and Daniel Suarez were really going at it. And I mean, really going at it. Uh, Kyle Larson, it, are these points okay? I guess these points are right. Bell, Larson, they're advanced. They're locked in, right? William Byron, um, see, now I can't tell if this is right or not. I guess it is. Um, William Byron is plus 30 to the cut line. He gave away a few spots, though, gave away three spots late, gave away three points late. Can't be doing that at Martinsville. Every point counts. Um, Bell, Larson locked in. Blaney is plus 10. And he's the last man in. So two spots up for grabs at Martinsville. One, at least, will be taken by points. Uh, Reddick is the first man out. He's minus 10. Truex minus 17. Hamlin minus 17. Busher is somehow only minus um, 43, but that's a must win. I mean, that's a must win. Got it down from around 60 at least. Not mathematically a must win, but yeah, it's, it's a must win. For Busher. Biggest losers of the day, easily Hamlin and Truex. Um, you know, I know Larson had a chance to get a win. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he was fine. Truex and Hamlin, and I know it wasn't their fault, but they're going to look back on this race. If they miss out, they're going to look back on this race, especially Hamlin, and say, this is the reason. If it's Truex, it's unfortunate, but he has that championship. Hamlin still doesn't have that chip. And if he doesn't get it this year, the pressure is going to really start mounting because he only has two or three years left, maybe four, if it goes well for him health-wise. But it's it's adding up for Hamlin. Like, the heartbreaking playoff losses are adding up. He's got to make up uh, not seven points. Is it? Seven points. I'm so confused. 17 points. Got to make up 17 points. Um. You know, can he do it? Sure. Go into a track he likes. Go into a home track if he needs any more motivation than to get himself in the championship four. We'll see. Owner playoffs-wise, everything is the same except the 19 is out, the 9 is in, and then a must win. Uh, Manufacturer-wise, guess what? Still the Bowtie Brigade on top. They're going to take on the manufacturer's title in every series. They're going to have the most wins in every series. I know Toyota got number 10 today, but Chevy was 17. Ford was 7. Chevy leads Toyota by 74 points and Ford by 93. Ford 19 back to Toyota. 
I think that's all I have, guys. Um, great race today. Homestead should absolutely be the championship venue again. Phoenix is not a good racetrack. I know facility, facility, and Homestead did not have good crowds this weekend. Um, the truck race was just a terrible crowd. Xfinity was slightly better today. Was It looked like an Xfinity race crowd. And I know there's NFL, MLB, whatever going on that people can stay home and watch NFL games and whatnot. People can go and see in person in Florida, South Florida. But, man, it's just it's disappointing to see bad crowds for, so far, the most important race of the year. You know, every race is now the most important race of the year. Only two cup races left. Only, um, what, five races left all year now in NASCAR. Kind of makes me sad. But, hey, we're going to be with you covering it every step of the way. Larry McReynolds will join the show on Tuesday, 2311 Racing President Steve Laletta on Thursday in a very fun announcement, either tomorrow or later in the week. And then I have a project NASCAR historian. Ken Martin has helped me out on that. will come out next week. Going to Martinsville next for the Cap Series and Xfinity Series. We'll start previewing that either tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm not sure yet. It depends uh, on our schedule, but we'll get that out to you. Check out the Below the Line blog. Should have our post-race edition up either tomorrow or Tuesday. Yeah. Anyway, uh, find our podcast. If you're a podcast listener, go over to the Spotter Chain YouTube channel. That's Below the Line. Search that up on YouTube. Um, YouTube uh, viewers, go over all major podcast platforms. Search up Below the Line NASCAR podcast. We'll show up. Email us below the online podcast at gmail.com. I'm Samuel Stubbs. I'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. One, two, uh, one, two, three, four. This is Mario Andretti, and you are listening to Below the Yellow Line.